Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'ghfiruhu. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdihillah falamudillalah. Wa man yudlil falan tajida lahu waliyan murshida. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah al-ahadu al-qahhar. وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون Indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah Taala alone We seek his help, his assistance and guidance in all things He whom Allah Taala guides, there is none that can misguide him and he whom Allah Taala leads astray, there is none that can guide him except through the will and permission of Allah Taala alone. And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashimi al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. رَبِّ اشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسِرْلِي أَمْرِي وَحْلِ الْعُقْلَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 28 in our series of Tafsir Unlocked. And today's verse is directly related to our previous lesson. And that verse was the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِذَا لَقُوا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا قَالُوا آمَنَّا وَإِذَا خَلَوْا إِلَى شَيَاطِينِهِمْ قَالُوا قَالُوا إِنَّا مَعَكُمْ إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْتَهْزِئُونَ And when they meet the believers, the hypocrites, they say, We believe. But when they are alone with their evil associates, they say, Indeed, we are definitely with you. Indeed, we were only mocking. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to their statement in the next verse, which is, uh, verse 15 in Surah Al-Baqarah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to them by saying Allahu yastahzi'u bihim wa yamudduhum fi tughyanihim ya'mahoon And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mocks them Allah mocks them And leaves them to continue wandering blindly in their defiance Allahu yastahzi'u bihim Allah mocks them now Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah who died in the year 671 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take them into accord and take revenge and punish them. He will make a mockery of them. He will give them the recompense, the jaza of their actions. They're mocking. Now the question that comes usually is why is the word mocking used to describe the action of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why is the word mocking used? Now Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, he named the punishment that they will receive, the munafiqeen, the hypocrites, with the crime that they committed. So again, he named the punishment that they will receive with the crime they committed. Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah who died in the year 516 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he says, he says the same thing, but he adds a statement and he says, 
that this is in recompense, this is uh, يعني, uh, the reward or the justice that happens, the recompense to their action. This is the result of their action. So we now need to look at certain things. The words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses in the Quran as responses to that which is done to the believers and him. So for instance, the first is mockery. This is the first word that comes. The hypocrites say, they used to say, Indeed, we are only mocking. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replies to them and says, And Allah mocks them. Another word that is used by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is plotting. Plotting, al-makru. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the disbelievers and he says, And the disbelievers, they plot. The disbelievers, they plot. And Allah plots against them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of plotters. Another word that is used and it is the word kaid, which is planning against someone. Planning against. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he describes what the kuffar do. Indeed, the kuffar, they are plotting and planning against you. And I, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he responds to their action and says, I, Allah, I plot and I am planning against them. Now, another word is deceived, deception, which is al-khada'. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he describes what the munafiqeen, what they do. Indeed, the hypocrites, they aim to deceive Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he responds to their action. He says, And Allah deceives them. Now all of these words, and there are more, from nasi, forgetting, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgets them, and there are many words that are used in the Qur'an in this way, that they forgot Allah and Allah forgot them. Now all of these words are describing the punishment that they are yet to receive for their actions. All of these words they are describing the punishment that they are going to receive for their action. They are not coming in the Qur'an without any reason. They are responses to action. So Allah doesn't say that He deceives, because this is not something that's good. But it always comes in the Qur'an as a response to an action. And the punishments and recompense of their actions is described in line with their crime. So if they plot, Allah plots against them. If they deceive, Allah deceives them. If they try to do anything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the believers, He does that to them. Now, one cannot say, this is very important, one cannot use these definitive statements and say, Allah plots. One cannot say, Allah deceives. One cannot say, Allah makes mockery. 
And one cannot say any of these things which have negative connotations to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why is because independently they are not befitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you just say this blanket statement and just leave it at that. Because they are not likening, they are not befitting to be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But rather you can say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plots against those who plot against the believers and against him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a mockery of those who make a mockery of him and the believers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deceives the one who tries to deceive Allah and the believers. So now you are putting it with a condition here. It's not just a blanket statement. No, there's something that it's attached to. So what is the wisdom behind this? Is because the one who can be plotted against and can be deceived and can be made a mockery of and they don't have a recompense for this action, they cannot defend themselves, then this no retribution of the crime that's committed is a form of weakness. If someone plots against you and you can't do anything about it. If someone does makes a mockery of you and you can't do anything about it. Someone tries to defy you and you can't do anything about, about it. Someone does something against you and you can't do anything about it. This is a form of weakness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond being weak. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-qawi, the highest point of strength. The highest point of strength. Allah is not weak. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no weakness. So if we were to say that Allah can be plotted against and there's no reward for it, there's no punishment for it, this is weakness. This is weakness. So from the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that He does not let their actions slide. There is going to be a jaza, there's going to be a recompense. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not let them get away with whatever they want to do. There is always going to be a result. There is always going to be a recompense. Without a shadow of a doubt. Imam Tabari rahimahullah who died in the year 310 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that these words, even though they have the same meaning, same yani wording, afwan, that these words, even though they have the same wording, their realities are different. The meaning is different. The meanings themselves are different. And he gives an example from the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Whoever transgresses against you, then transgress against them. In the same way that they transgressed against you. So he gives this example where the wording is the same. This is the same word that's used. Imam Tabari rahimahullah explains this. And he says, The first transgression against you that the kuffar did against you, that was injustice. That was not, that was zulm. That wasn't correct. But the second transgression was a recompense of the injustice. The second was a result of their action. And it is in fact justice. 
Imam Tabari rahimahullah says. And because he says it is the recompense upon the oppressor for his zulm, for his injustice, even if the wording that is used is the same, their meaning is different. The meaning here, fa'tadu, over here, even though the word is same, but the reality is different. One was injustice and one is justice. You're doing upon to them what they did upon you, their action upon you was zulm. Your action as a result of their action is justice from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sometimes the words that are used in the Quran, even though they have the same wording, the meaning and its reality is different. You could do upon them the same that was done upon you, but their action was not just and your action is justice in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. So over here we understand that the reality of that which is done, even though the wording used sometimes may be the same, the different in the wording is in the meaning. Right? The difference of the two words is in the meanings. And the realities are different. Why is this important? As we mentioned, that only perfection is attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al kamalu lillah. Perfection is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these words, independently if they're used, then this is not perfection, it's weakness. When someone's a plotter, someone's a planner, someone plans against, if someone just, these words by themselves, right? They're not perfect in their essence, if you have them just like that by default. But in the context that's given in the Sharia, that's given in the Quran, then this is perfection. This is perfection. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mocks those who mock the believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plots against those who plot. And so on and so forth. Now Imam Tabari rahimahullah, he says that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if one says that Allah does not mock, does not make a mockery of these hypocrites, those who try to make a mockery of the believers, if he says, if he tries to deny, if one person tries to deny these words, that Allah doesn't plan against people, he doesn't do that. If someone says, that's a bad thing to say, you can't say that Allah mocks people, right? How can you say Allah mocks people that are making a mockery of him? Allah is beyond that. Some people say this, I've heard this. Right? You can't say that Allah makes a mockery of people. No, 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 he doesn't do that. Imam Tabari rahimahullah, who died when? 310 after the hijrah of the Prophet He says that if one denies that Allah makes a mockery of these hypocrites Those who make a mockery of the believers And that which has been affirmed in the Quran from these words Then this person has disbelieved in the Quran and he has left the fold of Islam If someone says Allah doesn't do this Allah doesn't need to do that Allah is telling you what he does So who are you to tell him that he doesn't do it? So this is very dangerous and so we have to keep coming back to what the Qur'an has mentioned and we leave it there. If Allah says He does something, He does something. And don't put the intellect where it does not belong. Now Ibn Kathir rahimahullah, who died in the year 774 after the hijrah of the Prophet he says, as for plotting, the words that are used in the Qur'an, as for plotting, deceiving, making a mockery, as a form of games, Lib, playing, or toying, or that which is done for no reason, 
then this is rejected from being from the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bil ijma' by ijma' by consensus of the scholars. So you can't say Allah mocks, right? Just randomly. Just because heck he can. He can if he wanted to, but we don't he doesn't do it because it's not from it's not befitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah doesn't make a mockery, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not deceive, Allah does not plan against those with no reason. Right? It's not just fun and games. Right? It's not done abathan. Imam Tabar, Imam Ibn Kathir rahimahullah says. There's always a reason for it. And this is by consensus of the ulama. There's ijma' on this issue. There's no difference of opinion. You can't say Allah plots, Allah de- deceives. Just randomly, just like that. And this is held by the consensus of the scholars of Islam. Yani no one who is worthwhile mentioning has gone against this. This is Islam, period. Up until 774 years, this is what's been mentioned. This is what's there. No one's gone against this. As for that which is done as a form of retribution, he says, recompense through justice, then there is no denying this. There is no denying this. This does not go against the ijma'. So Allah plots against those who plot, Allah mocks those who mock, Allah and continue on with that. So doing it as retribution, as retribution or a recompense, the justice, that does not go against this ijma' because it's conditional. There is a condition here. That he only does it to those who do it against the believers and Allah. Now, how does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make a mockery of the hypocrites who made a mockery of the believers? In this verse, Allah makes a mockery of them. Right? Those munafiqeen, the hypocrites. How does Allah do that? Now, Ibn al-Jawzi rahimahullah who died in the year 597 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentions the various opinions. He gave nine. I'm going to give you two of what he mentioned. Because right? time, time. And genuinely, why? Another reason is because this is closest to the athar of the Sahaba and some of the Salaf. So we're just going to take two of them. The first, this is very interesting. Wallah, this is the qawl of Ibn Abbas the cousin of the Prophet He says that a door will be opened for these hypocrites in Jahan in Jahannam. Right, they're gonna be in Jahannam and a door will be opened for them of Jannah. Of Jannah. It's like proper, like it's a troll at this point. <laughs> and some of the narrations say that someone will say, Ta'ala, come. Come. And they will run to it, but it will close on them. That's not it. Then another one will open once that first one closes. And they will run to it when someone says, Ta'ala, come. And as soon as they get there, it closes on their face. And the believers, the mu'mineen, they will be laughing. They'll be laughing at the state of these munafiqeen, at the hypocrites. And this is from the athar, as we mentioned, of who? Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. Why do we say radiallahu anhuma? Why don't we say radiallahu anhu? We say Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. Why? He is a he is a companion, and his father is a companion. Al Abbas. This is Abdullah ibn Abbas, right? So Abdullah is a companion, and his father was a companion, and that's why we say Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma on him and his father. Him and his father. Now, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, 
he says that this is in regards to these people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says فَالْيَوْمَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنَ الْكُفَّارِ يَضْحَكُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says on this day those who, those who believe will laugh at those who disbelieve on the day of judgment this is what it's talking about Ibn, Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says and then he says that the believers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will describe what they will be doing. The believers, they will be sitting on high thrones watching. But they'll be laughing. They'll be laughing. And they will say, Have the disbelievers paid fully for what they used to do? Is this enough or should they get more type thing? You know, is this enough? They're doing this, they're going through this, this torture. Because they used to disbelieve in the day. They used to disbelieve in the Akhirah. They used to disbelieve in the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is their state now. And the believers are on thrones. The Quran is mentioning this. That on this day the believers will laugh at the disbelievers. They will laugh at them. Whilst being on thrones in Jannah. And they're going to say, is this enough? Or should they get more? Have they been paid fully? Not yet. <sighs> we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those believers, Ya Rabb. Now, the second uh, that's mentioned by Ibn al-Jawzi rahimahullah about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a mockery of these people. He says that during the stages of the Akhirah, a wall will be placed between the believers and the munafiqeen. And the believers, this is mentioned in the Quran, right? That the believers will be in one side of it, and from their side, the side that's clean, think of this as a wall, right? The believers here and the munafiqin here. The believers, they will see this wall as being rahmah, right? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting them now. There's a wall between who? Believers here? Munafiqin, hypocrites here. As for the, the wall of the munafiqin, on that side, it will be adab, punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this over here is that they will have to remain in darkness. Now, this is the position of Imam Mujahid rahimahullah who continues and says that they will not be able to continue with the believers. This is the split. This is where they stopped. Now, the believers will have nur, will have light on that day. And Allah alam. This is before the Sirat, right? If we look at it, when this will be. Now the Sirat itself is a bridge. The Sirat is a bridge above Jahannam. And the Prophet wasallam he gives various awsaf, descriptions of the Sirat. He says that it's sharper than a sword. It's thinner than a hair. And Nabi wasallam he says on its sides are clamps, hooks, that are trying to drag people in. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam described it as a slippery bridge. Not something that's sturdy. Slippery. Because if it's thinner than a hair, right? Sharper than a sword, it's not something that's stable. Now, before that happens, the scholars have mentioned, there's a hadith to this point, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause darkness to spread. Darkness to spread. And the only people that will have light is who? The believers, the believers, the munafiqeen, they might have some light that will be given to them upon this path. Until when? 
the light literally stops when they get to the Sirat. Imagine you're on the Sirat when you need it the most, trying to walk on something as thin as a hair. Everything else is dark in front of you, and Allah takes their light. Allah snatches their light. So now they have no light, and they're trying to figure it out. Where are they going to go? Nowhere. Straight into Jahannam. That's all it is. That's the end goal. La ilaha illa ant. Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah He mentions Some of the scholars Have also stated What this istihza What is this mockery That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will do to these people What is it? He said That this is scary Wallah this is scary He says that They will be left With the blessings Of this dunya upon them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will leave the blessings In this dunya for them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show them great blessings in this world. And this is what starkly different to what he has prepared for them in punishment. So he's giving them the dunya. And in the akhirah he's prepared for them what? Punishment, adab. So this is a form of mockery to them. Khalas, you want the dunya, take the dunya. But what you have there forever, eternally, is what? Adab. Punishment for eternity. So this is a form of mockery. And he continues and he says, and he conceals for them. He hides for them. They can't see it. He conceals for them the punishment of the hereafter. So that they think they're literally walking upon this earth and they think that Allah is pleased with them. Imagine, imagine, Allah has decreed punishment for you and he wants you to just continue, yalla, go. You go. And you think Allah is giving me the dunya, he must be happy with me. How can I be wrong if Allah is giving me everything? No problems in my life, just, I'm doing okay. And Allah is just giving you punishment in the akhirah. He's got nothing. You've traded the akhirah for the dunya. billah. There is a hadith with a similar meaning that has weakness that's found in Musnad Imam Ahmad. That the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, that if you see a slave, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him that which he loves. If you see a slave, that you see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places on him that which he loves. Whilst he is upon sin, persisting upon sin. Then indeed that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaving him alone to be deluded. So if you get the dunya and you're on sin, then this itself is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving you the dunya instead of the akhirah. Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he said that some of the salaf would say that every time they performed a sin, Allah gave them more in, in blessings in the dunya. Why? Leave them. Because they have what's coming for them in the akhirah. They have nothing to say. Allah, didn't He give you everything? Didn't He give you everything? Didn't He bless you with everything? And you kept going and transgressing against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gave you everything, but you kept sinning. That was on you. No one forced you to sin. He made everything easy for you. But you kept sinning. So, this is what some of the salaf would say about those who had the dunya. That every time they performed the sin, Allah would give them more of the dunya. This is dangerous for Allah. Now, sometimes the blessings in your life are a curse. If you have the wealth, if you have the money, sometimes it's the dunya instead of the akhirah. 
We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, Ya Rabb. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he continues the verse and he says, وَيَمُدُّهُمْ فِي تُغْيَانِهِمْ يَعْمَهُونَ Leaving them to continue wandering blindly in their defiance. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, he lets them continue on for longer. He lets them continue on. He leaves them. He does not punish them at that moment. Allah can punish them whenever He wants. He could, if someone sins, literally think about it, if you do something, He's the one who controls the heavens and the earth. If someone was to sin right now here, He could cause the earth to swallow them up. Khalas. Kun fayakun, being it is. It's nothing is far-fetched. It's not too much for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah can do whatever He wants. Right? Why doesn't He take them into account now? Why? So, He does not punish them. He does not take the justice from them at that moment. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, إِنَّمَا نُمْلِي لَهُمْ لِيَزْدَادُوا إِثْمَا We postpone upon them the punishment. We don't give them the punishment straight away. We could punish them if we wanted to, but we don't. Why? So that they can increase in their sin. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that I could do it if I wanted to, but no, they continue to sin. This is why I'm not punishing them. Imagine, subhanAllah, a place that Allah has for you in Jahannam that's so low, that's so cursed, so damned, that He wants you to keep sinning. Go. I'm not going to punish you now. You keep, you keep earning your spot. You are going to be neighbors with Iblis and Fir'aun and you want to be there? Go, go, go. No worries. He can take you into account. He could punish you at that moment. But no, it's to get the hujjah against you more. Right? You are creating your evidences against yourself. Allah is not forcing you to do anything. It's your sin, your choices, your actions. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, we postpone upon them the punishment. We don't يعني, take them into accord. يعني, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam could have been appointed a prophet day one, and Fath Mecca could have happened day two. The conquest of Mecca could have happened day two, literally, if Allah wanted it to be like that. But some people needed to be the enemies of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to earn their spots in Jahannam. And this is a lesson to all mankind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants people to earn their spots. And that's why He lets things go. He lets it continue. And people will find where they will be depending on their actions. No one forced Abu Lahab, right, to be an enemy of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was primed for him to be who? Someone who could have assisted the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But he chose his actions. He chose to be an enemy of Nabiullah, the greatest man to walk the earth. He chose that. That was his action. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the first instance that he transgressed, he could have been taken to account by Allah. Allah could have taken his soul instantaneously. But he had to do all of these sins to earn his spot in Jahannam. Subhanallah. And the opposite is true. We know that a person can have a status so high in Jannah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees the person's actions and knows that if he was just to judge you on your actions, you won't reach there. So he sends trials and tribulations in your life. 
so that you can earn Jannah through your patience, your sabr. Subhanallah. But the, the, the places are the same, right? In the sense where someone can have a place in Jahannam and a place in Jannah. And they can't get it يعني, except through their actions, right? So Allah makes something easy for that person and He makes it easy for this person where they're supposed to go. He just leaves these people to be and He makes these people patient. Khalas. Subhanallah. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Tughyanihim in their transgression. Allah leaves them in their transgression. Now, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, in their error and their disbelief, in their error, their mistakes, their problems, the issues they have in their understanding, and their disbelief. And he says that the origin of transgression, the asl of it, what the meaning of transgression is, is to pass the had, to pass the limit that is allowed. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says the origin of transgression is passing the limit. Passing the limit. And he says, Fir'aun was disgraced. Innahu tagha. Right? The word is from Tughyan. Right? That's the same meaning. That he transgressed. And it is mentioned that he passed his limit by saying, Ana al-a'la. I am your Lord, the Most High. He passed it. He didn't stay in his lane. Literally, wallah, that's what it is. Jawaz al-Had. You went too far. You could have said, I'm your king. I'm the pharaoh. Do you know what I mean? You all work for me. Even if you said, you're all my slaves. But no, he had to jawaz the had He had to go above and beyond. I'm your lord. No one forced him to do that. But that's tughyan. That's transgression. Going beyond the means. The limits that Allah has set for you. Now, in this verse... And this is the last point, insha'Allah. He says that in this verse, it means they continue in their disbelief. They continue in their error. So they increase in their sin. So their punishment is increased. Same concept. That they're going to wander in their transgression, in their disbelief. That they continue upon their way of error. They're not guided. They're not rightly guided. They're in their mistakes. They're in their disbelief. But they are left to be there. And they increase in their sin. Because every day they continue, they're doing something else wrong. Every day they continue to live on haram, it's one extra sin. Every day that Allah leaves them, it's one extra bad deed. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves them. They're going to do what they do. And their punishment, because of their sins going more, their punishment is going to increase. And this is... How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He makes a mockery of those who make a mockery of the believers. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa jazakumullahu khaira wa alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.